For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number two of the program, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, again, coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and uh, Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo. We're going to talk more in depth about the plan for the new elementary school, as well as some other issues as well. And until then, 508-996-0500, it's all about you or you can use app chat on the WBSM app, or you can send us open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And got a app chat message from Izzy in Fall River who says, uh, Good morning, Tim. Born and raised in New Bedford, now residing in Fall River. I attended the Charles S. Ashley Elementary School on Ashley Boulevard over 35 years ago, probably one of the oldest schools in the city. Do you have any idea if they plan on ever building a new school? Well, the, the thing is, is they're going to have to build new schools for all of the older New Bedford schools that are a hundred years old and more because, and then, you know, one of the things I'm sure the city would love to build a new high school, but how do you build a new high school? That's only 50 years old when you have elementary schools that are over a hundred years old. So I think if you look and the difference is if you look at some buildings that are more conducive to upgrades. Like, look at Fairhaven High School, okay? There's a building that's over a century old. There's a building that nobody wanted to see torn. Nobody would ever want to see that torn down. It's a work of art in addition to being a school. In fact, I would argue that if you ever did need to build a new high school, find a different place because do not take that building down. And I think most people in Fairhaven would agree for really any of the Rogers buildings, minus, you know, the Rogers School is not... You know, when you look at some of those school buildings, you realize that there, there has to be an expiration date on those. But when you look at the high school, you want to do everything you can to preserve that. And they found a way to do that. They found a way to expand and to upgrade that. So you're looking at the possibility of being able to do that in some buildings, being able to upgrade and expand. But the problem is the schools in New Bedford, the elementary schools weren't really built for that. I think the idea was, well, if we need more room, we'll just build another school. It was never the school that we have is going to be too small. And I don't think folks were forward thinking enough to, you know, in their wildest imagination 
couldn't think about some of the things that they would need to put in. Nobody, nobody was ever thinking about computers and the need to have internet access in every room. Uh, nobody was even thinking about having to have you know television hookups in every room. So we have uh, an ever-changing definition of what you need to educate children, and sometimes those buildings just don't lend themselves to some of those improvements. I uh, just got a text from Jack Spillane who says there is a plan before the uh, Massachusetts School Building Authority to combine the Ashley and Swift schools in the North End. So you would have a similar plan to, you know, take two schools, put them together into one new building. But again, these are things that take time. In Jack's piece, he talks about how it could be, it, it'll probably be it'll at least another five years before New Bedford can start working on another school. But you have to do it. It has to be done. They're building a new central kitchen to deliver food to schools in New Bedford because the schools in New Bedford don't have a kitchen. They don't have cafeterias because kids never ate in school. They walked home. But that's not the reality of the school day anymore. Even though some of the kids could easily walk home, that's not the reality of the school day anymore. And nor would it be something that could, could you imagine if they said, well, we're just going to open the school in the middle of the day, open the doors, let all the kids out. They can go home. They can have lunch. They can come back. Imagine doing that in 2023. First of all, you'd have to be concerned about who was out there waiting. Secondly, you'd have to be concerned, will the kids come back? So, the schools of the 2023 are not the same as schools of 1923 or 1903. And as such, the needs of the building change and evolve past what might be capable in those former buildings. So completely understandable that these older buildings need to be replaced. I understand people have emotional attachments to them and they don't want to see them torn down. I saw that firsthand when... Fairhaven was auctioning off items in the Oxford School and the Rogers School. At the time, I was working here on Saturday mornings doing the Saturday morning show, and I would go to those auctions after I got done with my shift. I used to leave here on a nice summer day, nice summer Saturday, and I had my pickup truck, and I had some cash, and I just went around to yard sales and everything that I could go to, and I, I just... I would spend the day bargain hunting. So when they had those auctions, I went and I picked up some things. But uh, walking around the hallways and seeing people walk through the halls and reminisce, like most of them weren't even there to buy anything. They were just there to get into that school one last time before it would be gone. And what struck me was when I went up to the second floor of the Rogers School and I saw everybody in the hallway with screwdrivers taking out the hooks, the coat hooks that line the hallway and saying, you know, this, this was my hook when I went to school here. And that's what mattered most to them was bringing home the hook that they used every day to hang their jacket when they came in to school. And that just shows you the level of emotional attachment that people have with these buildings. Now, I never went to the same school long enough to really become emotionally attached. I, the most time I spent in one building was probably 
the four years I spent at Wareham High. The closest I would have come to that is I spent about a little less than three and a half years at West Elementary School in Plymouth. Other than that, I was usually a year and then out for a variety of reasons. You know, I did, I, I, I moved halfway through kindergarten from Brockton to Randolph, started first grade in Randolph, moved halfway through first grade to Plymouth. So I did from that second half of first grade, which was actually probably closer to like April until through fourth grade. Then I went to another school in Plymouth because they didn't have fifth grade in my school. So I went to the Nathaniel Morton school for fifth grade, moved in the summer between fifth and sixth grade to sandwich, went to the wing school for about half a year. And then at that time they opened up two brand new elementary schools. So when we came back from, I think February vacation, we started at our new elementary school, which for me was Oak Ridge. Then that summer, I moved across town to the Forestdale section, and I went to the Forestdale school, and I went there for seventh grade, and then for a couple of months into eighth grade, then we moved to Wareham, went to Wareham Middle School for the rest of eighth grade, and then Wareham High from ninth grade through 12th grade. So that was the most time I spent one building. And I get it. It's probably about what people spent in elementary school, too. You know, maybe they did kindergarten through fourth or fifth grade. But I get it. I get being attached to the building. And if they were going to tear down Wareham High, I'd want to go in there. I'd, there's stuff in there that I'd want to have as, as, as a way to remember the school. And probably come out of the AV room. But still, like there were things that I, and it's probably not even there anymore, but there's there's things that I would have been emotionally attached to. So I totally get it. And I totally get why people don't want to see schools torn down and new schools built, not only because of the sentimental factor, but because they're just looking at that as a tax increase. They don't really realize how much the Massachusetts School Building Authority actually gives. And as we've found out, it's not always what they promise either. 508 996 we can talk more about that. We certainly will talk more about that with the counselors. Uh, I also want to talk more about this, uh, the Brian Gomes situation, because if you missed what I was saying in the last hour, yesterday, actually Wednesday afternoon, Carlos Felix posted on New Bedford Live on his uh, Facebook page there, a photo of the sign-out sheet for nomination papers. And... He was concerned because Counselor-at-Large Brian Gomes put down for the office for which he was running, city rep. And Carlos felt like that was Counselor Gomes playing games with the voters, that he was not being forthcoming about the office that he was running for. And so he was creating a position that doesn't exist. That's the way that it was characterized. And you can see the post in our story at WBSM.com and, and on the app. But Councillor Gomes called in yesterday to South Coast Now and explained what he meant by that. And that's because he was taking out papers for Councillor at Large and for Mayor. So he will get signatures for both and then decide which one he wants to run for after consulting with his family. And yeah, it's, it is being a little bit coy to put city rep, which as he was saying was just, you know, as a representative of the city. It was a little bit coy not to put mayor and, and counselor at large down to, to write it down twice. Because, you know, then you can you get a little bit more time to 
let people find out that that's what you're doing. But it also, there's nothing wrong with what he did. And as, uh, as Election Commissioner Manny DeBrito told me yesterday, that's an unofficial list. It doesn't matter what you write down on there. You could, you could write down that you're running for, you know, King of New Bedford. As long as when you bring the paperwork back, the, the actual nomination form, it says on that what office you are running for. And as Manny pointed out, it says on that paper what you are running for before you're having people sign it. You have to fill out the top part to let them know what office you're running for. So when they sign it, they know what office that is. So everything was above board. It was, a, like I said, a little bit coy, but nothing really wrong with it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. I can kind of hear you. Hi, well, Tim. There you are. There you are. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, what did your dad do that you moved so much? It was, for our problem, it was more of uh, the family kept growing. We have five kids in my family. Oh. So we kept having more kids and we had bedrooms. <laughs> We had to keep moving, but he worked. He worked in the auto parts business for for most of my life growing up. Um, so he worked for a company out of Brockton for uh, most of my time growing up, and then that company got bought out by a bigger company. So he had, you know, he kind of got shifted around, and then we moved, you know, down to the Cape because he picked up the Cape Cod route, so it was easier for him instead of having to, you know, drive home an hour every night. Oh, uh, okay. The the I life would. of a somewhat traveling salesman, I guess. <laughs> I worked in Forestdale for Tocon, the asphalt company. Oh, yeah, yep. That's right across from yep. the school, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Forestdale. I, you, you said you lived in Forestdale. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's a great little portion of, uh, of the town of Sandwich. Yeah. I, I loved it over there. Yeah, I used to work right at that asphalt plant. I used to get asphalt out of there for uh, Route 6 and everything down the Cape. I used to pave the highway. It, it was a great place, but I had a lot of trouble with the kids. I was, um, I, w I was not well off like most of the people that lived in that portion of town, so I was right. picked on quite a bit. Oh, I see. But I overcame it. Right. So, okay, hey. my friend. That's a, that's a good answer. All I was right. just wondering why you moved so much. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just I'd come home from school one day and they'd say, hey, guess what? We're ha you're going to have another brother or sister. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't we have enough already? So, okay, you have a nice day, Tim. You as well. Take care. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what it was, really. I mean, it was a combination of moving around for work and moving around because you got to find a bigger place. And if you got to find a bigger place, you know, then you say, well, let's why are we staying here? Let's take a look. Um, and a lot of that, you know, going from school to school was just because I, I just so happened to be there when they were opening new schools and, uh, and you know, graduated from one school to another. I did, I did take some classes at the Plymouth Carver Intermediate School when I was in fifth grade at the Nathaniel Morton School. I was in a program where they sent us over to uh, PCIS on Fridays. And I used to love going over there because for like going from an elementary school to a middle school, you feel like what? And, you know, still being a, uh, an elementary school kid at the time, but getting to go over there for this program and they had a school store and their cafeteria had like options for what you were going to eat. And they had a planetarium in the school. It was incredible. What a, what a difference. And that's one thing that I'm pretty excited about with New Bedford schools. As part of all of the work that they're doing to the schools, 
one of the things that they're 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 trying to do is put the New Bedford High School planetarium back online. I didn't even know New Bedford High School had a planetarium. And I'm I'm excited to see that come back because I think planetariums are awesome. They're they're something that the community can utilize as well as the students. And you can put on all kinds of special programming there. And I I told Mayor Mitchell when he used to come in and and I was on at 9 a.m. and he'd come in with me for midweek with the mayor. I told him, let me know when that's happening. Let me know when you're ready to have the the grand reopening of that because we will reach out to Neil deGrasse Tyson and we will get him to come and be there for the the rededication ceremony of the uh, New Bedford High School Planetarium. I didn't even know they had one. Some of you might not even have known either. 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. Let's take our first break of this hour and be back in a few moments. And back to your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, good morning. Morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, I think Mayor Mitchell could do the same thing and run for uh, city council also and take a lot of votes away from council members. See. Well, the problem is, is once once the election comes around, you have to pick one office to run for. Yeah, I, well, it, it's different here and so on. But you can but, you um, can you can stay on in multiple yeah. multiple offices. Yeah, but you, yeah, it, uh, well, we had a mayor that was also state rep. Yeah, yeah, well, true. Uh, yeah, he won the mayorship on stickers last minute notice. So anyway, though, it'd be interesting, you know. Hey, has anybody heard about Gilly and that derangement syndrome that uh, people put on him? No. Council put on him? No, I don't think so. That was seeing if he uh, was able to speak. I don't know. I'm just having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Okay. I'll call later. All right. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know if that's just the fact that I'm using these different headphones, but I was just, uh, things were coming in a little bit muddled there. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, but we will take more of your phone calls after the news at 508-996-0500. We will also take your app chat messages via the WBSM app. We will also take your open line voicemails via the WBSM app, which is all brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. They're the ones that make it so that you can have that app, have it be free, have it be constantly updated with great new features, have things like an alarm clock built in, live traffic, live weather, breaking news alerts with all of our quality content. And of course, you can get all of our programming, whether it be listening, streaming it live or hearing our podcasts after the fact. All you have to do to download it is go to your app store or if you can't find it there, go to WBSM.com, click on the listen tab and there's an option there to have it sent directly to your phone. And if all that fails, you can always reach out to me, Tim at WBSM.com and I will make sure that you get the app on your device. Right now, though, let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. New federal legislation named after one of the victims in the Parkland, Florida school massacre aims to increase safety measures on campuses. The measures would require silent panic alarms in all schools across the country and would increase the number of school resources officers. officers. The Justice Department is launching a civil rights investigation to claims the Memphis Police Department uses excessive force against black people. The probe announced Thursday comes after seven months the police beating death of Tyree Nichols. A new case of malaria confirmed in Florida's Sarasota County last week brings to seven the number of positive cases detected there since May. Trey Thomas reports. 
spokeswoman Jamie Carson says this marks the first locally transmitted outbreak in the U.S. in 20 years. We're using uh, not only larvicides and adult spraying, but we're also uh, out there providing surveillance and field observations. All victims are being treated and expected to make a full recovery. Malaria is a serious, sometimes fatal disease caused by a parasite that's usually transferred to humans through mosquito bites. I'm Trey Thomas. Bud Light maker Anheuser-Busch is laying off thousands after the recent fallout of a boycott against its partnership with a transgender influencer. That's nearly 2% of its workforce in the U.S. A spokesman for the company told The Hill it's an attempt to simplify and reduce layers by changing its corporate structure. After backlash from conservatives at Anheuser-Busch for working with trans woman Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light lost its top spot as the best-selling beer for the time in over two decades. Survivors of sexual assault by former USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University sports doctor Larry Nasser are suing MSU over what they call secret decisions regarding releasing documents in the case. They are not seeking money, but rather accountability in the lawsuit. Nasser is serving 40 to 175 years in prison for the abuse committed under the guise of a medical treatment. President Biden is visiting Maine for the first time since taking office. Biden is scheduled to be at a manufacturing plant in Auburn today, where he'll discuss the investments of his administration has made to improve the U.S. economy. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said Thursday that the president will discuss how Bidenomics is revitalizing American manufacturing. Biden will be the first sitting president to visit Auburn in more than 100 years. And the Mega Millions jackpot just keeps growing and is continued to head towards the $1 billion mark. The top prize for grabs in this evening's drawing will be at least $910 million after no one matched all six winning numbers on Tuesday. Mega Millions has surpassed $1 billion four times in its history, including back in January. The cost of a ticket is $2, and the drawing will be streamed live online at megamillions.com. In sports, the Boston Red Sox are on the road again as they are heading off to California for a game against the San Francisco Giants tonight at 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Well, we have a heat advisory in effect as well as an air quality alert and a rip current risk all through this evening. So if you're planning on being outdoors, be cautious today. It's going to be hot, mostly sunny and humid, high near 88. Tonight, mainly clear and humid, 71. And for tomorrow, it'll still be humid with a mix of sun and clouds and some showers and storms passing through the afternoon, high near 85. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It's currently 74 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Time to sit around and wait on the phone while you're getting up and getting ready? Send Tim a text using app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to the Tim Weisberg Show.
not getting rickrolled. It's still me. I'm still here. 508-996-0500. If you want to tune, call in and chime in and get involved in the discussion that we are having here, talking about the new school that's coming. We'll talk more about that with the counselors coming up after the 8 o'clock news. Uh, also talking about Counselor at Large Brian Gomes, apparently, at least potentially, in the race for mayor. So he pulled nomination papers to run for mayor. He, If he does decide to go that route, he would immediately be the biggest name challenger to Mayor John Mitchell. And if you look at the, the list of folks who are running, and you can find that in the story at WBSM.com and on the app. We have two stories regarding the mayor's race up there. Uh, one about Scott Lang saying he will not be entering that race. And the other about Councillor Gomes uh, pulling nomination papers and explaining why he wrote city rep on that unofficial listing at the elections office. Well, the other folks who have pulled papers for a mayoral run are Nathan Almeida, Evan Zeidenberg, Ryan Duart, Xavier Cardona, Jesse Soares, and probably the most recognizable name of, of this particular group, Michael Jansen. And that's just because Mike has run many times. I think a lot of folks know him as a perennial candidate in the city, but probably, you know, does not pose a challenge to Mayor Mitchell. Would would Councillor Gomes pose a challenge to Mayor Mitchell? He has been an outspoken critic of a lot of the things that the mayor has done, especially over the last four years. He has been he was the person who proposed the ballot question to have the mayoral term put back to two years. There was a time when I was hosting from nine to noon and I had Mayor Mitchell in for midweek with the mayor in which Councillor Gomes and Mayor Mitchell got into a very heated exchange on the air. So I, I don't think it's a secret that they don't always get along. And I think that would it'll make for a very interesting race. And will probably be the most significant challenge that Mayor Mitchell has had probably since the first time he ran. So we'll see how that shakes out. Again, he, uh, Councillor Gomes took out the nomination papers. That doesn't mean he's definitely going to go forward with a run. He said he's going to talk about it with his family and make a decision. He almost ran and kind of ran in 2019 when he didn't withdraw formally from the mayoral race. So his name was on the ballot in that race, but he wasn't seeking the office. So I think you will see if he does enter this race. A lot of attention paid to not only that contest, but to, to the ballot overall. Because now not only are you going to have, if that means his city council seat would open up, then you also have the mayoral race itself that'll draw people out and we'll probably have the ballot question regarding term limits for city councilors making it onto to the ballot. 
So I think th- those factors will certainly drive out people to vote. Will it be, you know, will it be 30% vote of voter turnout? Probably not. But can we get into the high 20s maybe? Maybe even 30%. I think Mayor Mitchell is going to be zeroing in on a lot of issues that people in the city care about that might actually get them to come out and vote. Obviously, from the discussion that we've had all this week on WBSM, litter. Litter matters to the people of the city. People care about the fact that litter is an issue. And I think everybody is is willing to admit that it's a difficult thing to get a grip on, that there have been positive strides made, made and that there is still a ways to go. But I think that's going to be a key discussion point going forward because, yeah, we, we want as many people as we can get to try to step up in that regard, at least at least to take care of their own trash. We want to get as many people as we can to at least clean up after themselves and be responsible for, the, for their trash. And I think that's where a lot of this might happen is people think they're doing the right thing. They put everything in their garbage. They put their garbage out to be collected. Uh, but then what happens is the wind comes and you know, they've overstuffed the garbage. The wind blows it out and it ends up all over the place. So people just need to be a little bit more cognizant of the process and, and, and what can go wrong in the process. I don't think there's... There are people who, of course, intentionally litter, but I don't think all litter comes from people who are intentionally littering. So education will certainly help with that. And also teaching people that there will be consequences if you get caught littering, but you have to enforce it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Yes, good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. I don't want to take your time, but I was uh, wondering, are you not broadcasting at the... um museum this afternoon or this morning down at the feast uh yes uh chris and marcus will be there with the south coast now program from nine to noon from nine to noon well thank you very much i'm definitely going to stop in i'm 72 years old but grew up in the north end the feast was a big thing i don't i don't know if the museum will be open to the public during that time but i know chris and marcus will be outside uh on the back patio so you should be able to, to at least go up there and say hi well, I appreciate that. Uh, come on down, and I'll buy you a Malasada. All right. That sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Have Thank a good day. Thank you very much. And, uh, yes, that broadcast will be happening today from 9 to noon. Uh, Marcus and Chris will be there with South Coast Now at the Museum of Madeira and Heritage. And if you've never been to the museum, it's great. I, I think it's one of the coolest places in the city. And when you go there, uh, there's a courtyard on the side. And in that courtyard, on the on the elevated you know, deck, the elevated uh, porch. That's where Marcus and Chris plan on broadcasting today. The Heat might have a little different idea because they are using electronic equipment. And so I, I did warn them. I said, if the equipment gets too hot, you know, you're going to have to duck into the into the basement of the building where the air conditioning is and, uh, and let that all cool down. But at least for now, the plan is to be out there so you can go on by, you can say hi. Um, I don't know that they'll you know, be letting people come up to the microphone because they've got guests planned for the entire show today. So I think that um, you'll be able to at least, you know, wave and, and say hello. So if you didn't get to see them at 50s night and you were you were sad because you missed them because they couldn't make it, this is your chance to get out there and say hello to them. So go out right on by. You can't miss it. It's a beautiful building right on the corner. 
and uh, you'll be able to um, at least see the show as it's happening. 508-996-0500. We're going to take our next break and be back in a few moments. Club was just at Xfinity Center the other day, and we didn't, you know, I didn't get a chance to go, but that's okay. I've never seen them live. Do enjoy their music, though. Uh, however, we will be giving away tickets to lots of shows coming up, uh, including some secret stuff that I can't even announce yet. So uh, we'll have some more tickets to give away to different stuff in the weeks ahead because I love giving stuff away to you. You know what else I love? Meat. You know where I love meat from? The butcher shop. Because the butcher shop has the best meat around. And what's great about the butcher shop is, you know, this isn't like going into the supermarket where you have to start looking around and saying, well, oh, that steak's not big enough for me. Oh, that steak's not. No, I don't really like the marbleization in this steak. Like, you don't have to worry about that. You're not walking in and sifting through a bunch of packages while the, while the butcher is in the back doing something else. No. When you go to the butcher shop, they are ready to cut that meat the way that you want it. You can stand there like Peyton Manning in that commercial. Cut that meat. Cut that meat. Uh, you don't have to do that. They, they know how to do it. They don't need you cheering them on. But they can give you the cut of meat that you want, whether it be those celebrity pork chops, whether it be some terrace major, whether it be the tomahawk steaks, whatever it might be. All of the great meats that they have, they're going to make sure that you get what you are looking for. Because that's what it's about at the butcher shop. It's about you. It's not about what they want you to buy. It's about what you want to bring home. What you want to feed yourself and your family. And that level of quality and commitment, you don't really find that in a lot of places anymore. But at the butcher shop, you are part of their family. They want to make sure that they have everything that you could possibly need. Everything from steaks to soccer balls. All of your beer and wine needs, cheeses, snack items. You need some chips? Go on down to the butcher shop. Looking for some soda? Go on down to the butcher shop. They've got everything, and if they don't have it, let Eric know, and he will get it for you. That's the level of service that they provide you there at the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And today is a great day to go down. You don't want to cook today. It's going to be 90 degrees. Go on down there and get some of their delicious pre-made food. Have yourself some goat. It's Friday, right? Go down there and get some delicious pre-made food. They've got stuff that you can't find anywhere else. They've got stuff that is better than you'll find anywhere else. That's the Butcher Shop, 123 Dartmouth Street 
in New Bedford. 508-996-0500. That's my number if you want to call in and get involved in the discussion. Uh, we've been talking about a number of things this morning, but we were talking about uh, Councillor Gomes potentially running for mayor. And uh, Jack Spillane, thank you for the information. Because uh, as I mentioned, Councillor Gomes has run for mayor before. I talked about the two, 2019 incident in which you know he was on the ballot, but he wasn't running. That, that whole situation, which he addressed yesterday on South Coast Now. But uh, in 2003, Gomes ran against Fred Kalis, and he lost 65% to 32%. So that's a more than a two to one ratio. So how would he fare, do you think, against Mayor John Mitchell? Now, in two thousand three, Councillor Gomes was already a well established figure in the city. He'd been a councillor already for quite a while, I think for over a decade at that point. So name recognition was not a problem. Sometimes the voters prefer you in a position that you are in. Sometimes they love the job that you were doing in the job that you were doing. And maybe that's what some of that was about. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Ooh, he was cheeking, feller. This the intercontinental heavyweight champion. Well, <laughs> Lamone, it's, 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 it's almost five in the morning out there in Las Vegas. I wouldn't know that. So, are you coming up to Vegas? Uh, not, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm still trying to get some U2 tickets for the for the show out there, uh, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to get any. If I can, if I can get round us up discounts on them, uh, you gonna pitch in and, and are you gonna come? Ah, uh, perhaps, perhaps. My dad said getting out there won't be a problem. He said he can find me cheap flights, no problem. Well, that's good. We got to work on that, then, fella. But but even then, I'll, I'll probably just fly out, go to the show, go to the airport, and fly back home. Oh, I don't want you to hang with me anyways. Heaven forbid. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to cramp my style. I tell you what, if I ever go to Las Vegas and spend more than, you know, uh, 12 hours there, we will definitely hang out. I need you to show me all the hot spots out there. Are we going to go to Zach Bagan's uh, Haunted Museum? Um, I don't know if Zach wants me there. I, 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 I think he'd, he'd probably want my admission price, but I don't know that he'd want me there. Well, after what I did walking out on the show back in uh, the live show on Halloween in 2017... You remember how I, I told you how he wanted me to open up the Dybbuk box on TV? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I said, I said, I said, F that, you know. And I said, you know, the first thing that happens in every movie, God, the black guy always gets it. I'm not trying to be that black guy that day, okay? Keeping 100. Josh Gates was there, so he was, he was um, are you going to be doing the show this weekend? Uh, no, we, I have a, a ghost hunt event tomorrow night. You're harder to get to the, the kidney liver transplant. I am, I am yeah. I do have to hold you there, Lamone, because I got to take my final break of the hour. We have we have more commercials in this show than we do in Spooky South Coast. Well, uh, one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm going to come out there. I'm going to look for a special lady out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking applications pretty soon. So, if I see any uh, if I see anybody that's uh, looking for a, a handsome man, I will let you know. You are you go, feller. Give your how's the parents doing? Family, all families all fine. Yeah, everybody's good. Give them hugs for me, brother. Will do. And I'm going to wish everybody out there in, in your part of the, the world or your part of the country, have a good weekend. And may the good Lord smile upon all y'all. All right. Thank you, Lamone. 
You have a good one yourself. Take it easy. That that is the legendary Lamone out there in Las Vegas. We'll be right back. Um. All right.